NFL fans, I'm Connor McCarthy here with uh, my co-host as always, Blake Pace, here to talk to you about the latest news in the NFL. Today we're joined by a special guest, Eli Jennings. Eli is a fellow staff writer on JMU's The Breeze. He's a pretty good writer, but unfortunately he is a Patriots fan, so you guys all have to deal with that today. Explain <laughs> yourself, Eli. Uh, I just, uh, I enjoy greatness. Uh, what can I say, Connor? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's always okay. a pleasure to a watch. So, right. uh, I yeah. can't apologize. I'm already done with this guy. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so Blake has something special for us today. We don't know about it, so uh, Blake's been keeping it from us. What's what's going on, Blake? Yeah, so I want to try this new thing uh, with you specifically, and Eli as well, for this week, and whoever our future guests are. So this is episode 11 of the Gold to Go podcast. And I think, you know, every episode we should start off by uh, playing a little guessing game and see how many uh, people you can tell me that wear the jersey 11 in the NFL right now. Oh my gosh, I am terrible with jersey numbers, uh, man. Larry, You're Larry, Fitzgerald. Me. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. I'll give you this. There are two quarterbacks, one kicker who is not playing, and then a ton of wide receivers. Oh my god, you're killing me. All man. right, two quarterbacks. We'll start with that. Here's the hint. First quarterback... MVP through the first half of the season. Alex Smith. Second quarterback, MVP as of now. Carson Wentz? Yep. Alex right. Smith and so Carson those, Wentz? So okay. Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, two quarterbacks that wear 11. There are a ton of receivers. One that absolutely went nuts this past week. Julio. Julio, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. You already said Larry Fitzgerald. He's good at that. There's He's an ex-Redskin now. There's number 11. Ex-Redskin? Yep. Ex-Redskin. Yeah. Are you talking about he's still in the NFL, though? Still in the NFL, down in Tampa. Sean Jackson. Sean Jackson, He was 10 with us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 so he switched numbers. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yep. So there's another guy that we're talking about later in this show. Another guy we're talking about later in the show. Oh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I love Robbie Anderson. See, you got me with these jersey numbers, man. I'm not always the best with them, so. White boy with the luscious locks down in Dallas. Uh, Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Cole Beasley. Oh, there we go. Cole Beasley. <laughs> All right. We got uh, another guy in Detroit right now that's been going off the past few weeks. Marvin Jones. receiver. Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. Yep. All these guys are receivers. I want to, you know, you said there was a kicker that doesn't kick in There's the a give me, give me a hint on the kicker. Uh, he told Pat McAfee to go on cruise ships because they can't test him for drugs on there. <laughs> oh, Pat McAfee. So he's an ex-Cole? It's a, no, no, it's no, not. No. It's, it's, a, it's a kicker right now who is inactive. Okay. Was Inactive. going to play at the beginning of the season. They reduced his contract. One of the, a great kicker, great kicker. Yep, He's not in the league right now. Not in the league. Give me one more hint. What team was he supposed to play for? The Raiders. Not Janikowski. Janikowski? Sebastian Janikowski. Janikowski? Really? Number really? eleven. Really? I didn't think yep. it was number. That's funny. That's here. Yeah, yeah, and so the the full list guys that we didn't uh, touch on: uh, Devontae Parker, Dolphins, Marquise mm. Lee with the Jags, mm. a bunch of other guys: uh, Brashad Perriman, Tavon Austin. Marquise Goldwyn, Brandon LaFell, Quan Bray with the Colts. Love Quan Bray. Zay Jones, rookie from Buffalo. Laquan Treadwell from the Vikings, former first-round pick. A couple injured guys, Julian Edelman, Kevin White on the Bears, and there's an injured Redskins receiver that wears number 11. Terrell Pryor. I knew that. Honestly, I thought that the entire time when you said 11. But then I was like, if I say that Troll Pryor is number 11, he's like 14 or something, I'm not going to hear that. Yeah. So yeah, I can't exactly, really exactly, – I'll be yeah. honest. I'm just not good with jersey numbers. But I like the segment. Yeah, I think yeah. We'll continue this. Continue. You know, okay. See what we're thinking. I got you. I'll have to do some studying anyway. So let's get into our subjects. How about it, guys? All right. First one we have today. 
the AFC West, man. I mean, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride this year. I mean, in the beginning we thought there may be three teams that come out of this uh, division and go to the playoffs. Now it looks like it it'd be lucky if one team reached double digits and wins. Hmm. So uh, I'm gonna start with you, Blake, today. Um, what do you think about the AFC West? Who's going to win it? Uh, it's got to be the Chargers. The LA Chargers, I think, are going to win this division, and pretty easily. They've got the easiest schedule remaining out of the teams. They get to play the Browns this week. They get to play the Redskins next week. No offense. It's a, You guys have a good team, but you know I think the Chargers right now are better. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like how you looked at me. <laughs> the, the, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Raiders to close out the season. The offense has found a rhythm over the last few weeks and uh, outscored opponents 82-30 to in their last two weeks. I think you look at the division, they have the best quarterback right now in Phillip Rivers. Alex Smith has not looked like the first five weeks. They have one of the best receivers in that division. Keenan Allen has been on a tear the last few weeks. And the running back talent hasn't been great in that division either with, you know, Kareem Hunt dipping down a little. So Melvin Gordon might be the best running back in that division. Mm-hmm. You know, the pass rush duo of Ingram and Bosa is probably the best in the NFL, and they're only going to get better. Um, and their secondary has improved drastically over the past few weeks as well. Um the Chiefs and Broncos are hot garbages of late. You know, they both lost to the Giants this year. Um, and, and the Raiders are really struggling to find consistency. They, they're missing their number one receiver next week, and they still have to play, like, the Eagles, Cowboys, stuff like that. So I think at the end of the day, I think L.A. pulls out of this. And they honestly, you know, will be an impressive team in the playoffs. I think they could steal a game. It's interesting that you said the backfield for the Chargers. I mean, Austin Eckler's actually uh, stepped mm-hmm. up, too. So yep. I think that backfield definitely is But I'm going to let Eli go ahead and uh, talk first before me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start with this. Oakland has to be ruled out. They're right there in record right now, but Michael Crabtree went down. Again, like you said, they have been struggling, and they have to go to Kansas City, Philadelphia, and L.A. for last their three, three of their last games. There's just there's no way. I will differ, though. I think ultimately Kansas City gets mm-hmm. it together and uh, sneaks in over L.A. I think Alex Smith ultimately will have more composure than Phillip Rivers. He's been there before. And time and time again, the Chargers just find ways to come up short. And despite the talent that they have flashed, Keenan Allen, when healthy, is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just have a little too much going for them down the stretch. They're going to find a way. They're a game up right now, and I think they ultimately win the division. Well, that's definitely a safe pick, and uh, Kansas City is well coached, and you would think they'd get together, but I mean, that offense has been atrocious as of late, honestly. I mean, they can't put up more than like 10 points the past couple weeks, so I don't know if I feel that. I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I think the Chargers are the most talented team right now when it comes to overall, at least the most talented playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the Chiefs and um, the Raiders have great talent on their team, but it just doesn't seem to be working together. No. And you look at uh, the Chargers, I saw the stat the other day, they have the most turnovers, they cause the most turnovers and given up the ball the least since their own four start so that's pretty impressive and that's definitely a sign that things have turned over there and I thought so we talked about this before the Chargers could have easily won a couple of their first games yeah I mean if it wasn't for their kicking situation in the beginning they would be right there and I think they'd be leading this division so in mm-hmm. like you said they have a pretty easy-ish schedule to, the, to close out so I think the Chargers are the best off right now and the Chiefs I just we talked about it last week, and I said Alex Smith shouldn't be should be the starter going forward and everything. But with how bad this offense is going, maybe Patrick Mahomes is the right answer. I don't know anymore. Mm, I like. I it. don't know. I mean, like I, Alex, it's just it's just it, it can't be. It, he can't keep doing what he's doing and expect the Chiefs to get in the playoffs. If you want to start a spark and have a high effective offense or anything, maybe get a new guy. This Patrick Mahomes kid, maybe mm-hmm. he's the answer. I don't know. But it's definitely be interesting watching this division down the stretch. Yeah, and, and looking at each quarterback in the division, um, 
I, I I don't think I can trust a quarterback more than I do than Philip Rivers in that division. You know, Alex Smith, you know, from time and time again just shows, you know, he can't be counted on for an entire season. Derek Carr is too young coming back from some injuries. He's going to be the the future quarterback of that division and possibly the NFL if he gets if he makes the right steps, but Philip Rivers has led that has saved that franchise over the past decade, making them somewhat relevant, getting them into the playoffs in the you know uh, late 2000s. So I, I I just think that you know Philip Rivers um, can lead this team into the playoffs, and I really don't see it being that tough for them to get there. Well, I mean, I like how you said Philip Rivers has been there. For, I mean, he's been in the league for forever, and he's always obviously produced very well. And you watch the last game, some of the throws he was making, they were pinpoint. They looked mm-hmm. great, and people were talking about maybe him losing a step or two or uh, a little bit of his arm strength earlier in the season when he was struggling a little bit. But he looked great that game. And obviously it, it affected the players around him. Keaton Allen, 23 receptions, 331 yards, and three TDs in the past two games. He's been going off. So the Chargers offense is working on full center. I will say I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is the best quarterback in this division overall. Mm-hmm. I think the injuries have set him back a bit. Amari Cooper dropping the balls left and right has also set him back a bit. His whole yeah. team dysfunction. I think that's. I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for years to come. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the Chargers for now. I I think it's best pointed out when you mentioned Derek Carr is a little too young, a little too inexperienced to get his team there. Uh, I think that's more than enough reason. If he's too young, there's certainly no reason to bring in Mahomes and freak out. I while while Philip Rivers has been showing, you know, that he's that guy over the past few weeks. He's been leading that offense time and time again. He's He's four and five in the playoffs. He he's never really gone deep and made that run. And I just don't see how this year is any different than in the past. Yes, they're hot right now. Yes, their defensive pressure has been better. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. I, I think they'll they'll keep their uh, their hands on the controls. They'll they'll glide on in there. They're they're not going to freak out. When the season's coming to a close, it's all about composure. How well you can deal with changing situations and. Philip Rivers to me just isn't that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. He isn't that composed, and I was like, like you were saying, like Andy Reid. I'll take that coach over anyone else in that division. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I, I think he can. You know, it's going to be close between them and the Chargers, in my opinion. Um, I just think that the defense is too banged up right now. The offense has looked, you know, pretty bad the past few weeks. They're missing too many key guys on the defensive side of the ball, so I think you know that just gives LA the advantage. And I think I'm going to transition into our next topic. We talked about Eli um, or uh, Philip Rivers, and we're talking about another quarterback. Talk about Eli Manning, same draft class. A lot of people and that uh, draft class produced a lot of really good quarterbacks. A lot of people have questioned them, saying they're getting a little old. And Eli was recently benched this week for uh, Geno Smith, one of the most widely talked about topics in the NFL. A lot of people are against it. Um, I'm going to go and start with you, uh, Eli. What do you think? There's there's nothing positive about this situation. Eli Manning has started 210 straight games since 2004. If you watch the Giants play, he's been under center. I, there, there were no iPhones the, the, the last <laughs> time someone not named Eli Manning started for the Giants. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. I will say, if they were in playoff contention, then maybe you could find a way to say, okay, he hasn't been playing well, but they're not. And, and if their backup was a promising young guy, maybe a Jimmy G type. Okay, it's Geno mm-hmm. Smith. Yep. <laughs> There's a reason Geno Smith is a backup. He's he's failed before, and in my opinion, this is Ben McAdoo trying to make some last-ditch effort to save his own career, but in reality, I, I don't see how he does that. Why not trade Eli, if this is what they were thinking? I, I know the deadline, like, 
that that's too late now. But in my opinion, if the Giants saw the season kind of circling the drain earlier on, why not make a move? You know, the the Jaguars would have been a great place to maybe send him, but to to bench him now to to take really the face of your franchise for over a decade and and put him through this when the team as a whole has fallen short, I there's there's no excuse. I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I don't know that much about Davis Webb, who McAdoo came out and said he's going to get his play time eventually over Geno Smith. I mean, I know Geno Smith's starting right now. Eli Manning's the best quarterback in that locker room. He, I, ben McAdoo, if he had any control of the locker room left, if he had any respect, it has to be going now. You just mm-hmm. benched the guy that's putting his neck out in line every week. He's not a young man. He's going out there with a line that can't protect him, with wide receivers that aren't producing. And he's still giving it all. I mean, they beat Kansas City two weeks ago in an upset win that nobody expected them to win and everything. And I know Eli hasn't been playing particularly awesome, but, I mean, you look at his numbers over the season. 2,411 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions for 84.1 QBR. That is certainly not the worst numbers in the NFL. And the circumstances he'd have to deal with, I mean, I just can't believe they made this move. And it just it it's a nightmare season for the entire organization. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's – just it's terrible to see because it, it it seems like Eli's career with the New York Giants is coming to an end. You know, I, the more I think about that, like you're not gonna bench him now, see what other talent, and then go back to Eli yeah, next season mm-hmm. unless McAdoo gets fired. You know, which I think that they should do. I I'm not a big fan of McAdoo. McAdoo has turned Eli Manning into his fall guy. He's putting the blame on Eli now by saying let's bench him because he's the problem. The problem is a terrible play-calling system. Ben McAdoo did terrible to begin the season play-calling. They have no talent on the offensive line, no running backs, and this year they have no receivers. They have no one to throw the ball to, no one to run the ball with, and so he's just placing all that blame on Eli Manning. You know, like you said about Davis Webb, I, I did a lot with the NFL draft last year, and I did not like Davis Webb at all. I thought, you know, you know, take him in the sixth, seventh round, fine sign him to the practice squad, whatever. I don't think he's going to be anything for this organization. But to bench him for Geno Smith. This is the Geno Smith with a 12-18 and record through his career as a starting quarterback, 28 touchdowns and 36 interceptions. There's no way that Geno Smith is the future for this. If you guys are already losing games and you're building towards the draft, stick with your quarterback. You know, you've been riding with him for the past, you know, 14 years as a giant. And you're just throwing that all away. So, you know, and I have a, I have a couple ideas because you talked about the Jaguars. I, I'll put money on it and say that, that Eli Manning is in one of two places next season. First one's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that the Jags, if they have a mediocre quarterback, are Super Bowl uh, caliber team. That defense is unreal. It's 2000 Ravens, 2015 Broncos. It can win you a Super Bowl championship with a game-managing quarterback. The other team, if Jacksonville doesn't work out, I know there's connections there with Tom Coughlin. I'm looking at the Denver Broncos. I, I think that the Broncos are also in that position where you can win a championship on that team with a game-managing quarterback. There are connections there between the Manning family, John Elway, Peyton was just there, won a Super Bowl championship with that defense. I like Jacksonville more appealing for Eli because they have a better offensive line. They have Leonard Fournette. And I, I honestly, I'm starting to take the Jaguars' defense because they're younger. You know, Denver's defense is getting a little bit older. They're still one of the best in the league. But, you know, I'd put my money on it that if Eli is moving on from the Giants after this season, he's going to be a Bronco or a Jaguar. Well, I I was going to say, 
because we talked about that before and everything. One other team that I looked at that would be a possible place, I like the Arizona Cardinals possibly Ooh, too. That's if Carson Palmer retires and Eli can step in there, maybe they want to make one more run with it. I think Bruce Arians is a great coach. Great. They're going to get David Johnson back next year. Great running back. Mm-hmm. They have Larry Fitzgerald still there. They have talent at the receiver position. I think their defense is still good. I, I think they can make a run of it if they had a good quarterback. If Eli plays up to his ability, then I think the Arizona Cardinals could get back into the playoffs next year, especially with the chaos that's happening in the division. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, Eli could land in a number of ways. All I know is they handled the situation poorly. The Giants so, did. So it's so poorly. Yeah. And it just it looks bad on the entire organization. I can't imagine as a fan what it feels like to have to deal with that after well, he gave everything to his organization. We've seen the interview. He looked really choked up. I don't blame him. It's, yeah. it's terrible. You've seen the league-wide support, and there's a reason that all these NFL, respected NFL players and coaches are coming to Eli's aid. Exactly. And and even going back to the other teams where they're, where I think that he can end up, Arizona's another great one. They've got a great defense, a stud running back. They could also use some help on the O-line, maybe another receiver, but that would be great because you know those are teams that can win with a game-managing quarterback. You don't need someone who's going to turn the ball over, make smart reads, not uh, not turn the ball over, and I think Eli Manning is still capable of doing that in his career. What that also provides for teams like like those three teams we said, you know, the Cardinals and the Broncos are going to be at the top of this draft, and the Jags, while they're, you know, I think I expect them to win the AFC South, they're still going to have, you know, a, a shifty record that could put them in the middle of the draft. Take one of these late quarterbacks, have Eli Manning start for two, maybe a third season, and build up a young guy like a Mason Rudolph. Or, you know, someone wants to take a flyer on Lamar Jackson. Have him build up. Have him learn from Eli Manning. The Mannings are great at, at, at teaching their backup quarterbacks. And and they're so smart. And I think Eli could teach so much to a young quarterback that, you know, you're not just getting him for two years, but you're putting his mentality into whichever guy is going to replace him. It's, it's really, when you look at quarterbacks that have been the face of a franchise for a long time, and they're, they're getting to the twilight of their career. I mean, there's a system to it. You know, Brett Favre was, was really that guy for so long. But when it was his time, it's because Aaron Rodgers was there. And Peyton Manning, when, when it got to be, when his neck was really bothering him, they, they had Andrew Luck right there ready for him. Mm-hmm. Even as recently as last season with, uh, with Dak Prescott coming in for, for Tony Romo. They didn't exactly plan it, but they had someone who they were like, yes, that is our guy. Yeah. And if you think for a second that the Giants front office is looking at Geno Smith and oh. thinking, oh, man, th- I mean, there's no way. Yeah. So really, this was not a smart move on their part. They're, they're forcing him out the door and because he really has been Mr. Durability. He's not at a point where like injuries really force Tony Romo to, to just go ahead and, and hang up the pads. Yeah. Eli's not there. He's, he's had a little bit of struggles, but physically he's more than capable and – I really, I, I don't know. I'm in disbelief. He, he, one of those three teams. I'd say there's a great chance he's there next year. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, we'll go on to our next subject, and uh, <laughs> this one's a little more positive. Don't talk about that. So, uh, Robbie Anderson, man, I'm a huge fan. I told you this before. And in the past in 11 games of the season, he has 714 yards, seven touchdowns, 41 receptions. That's five straight games with a TD. And last week he had two DDs and over 100 yards. Had a career high in uh, receiving. He has two 100-yard games during that span as well. Either one of y'all can take this up. Is Robbie Anderson one of the best receivers in the NFL? No. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Hey. Not even. Hey. Hey. Start, start us hey. off, Eli. Start hey. us off, Eli. <laughs> okay. I'm going to come to my boys eight. He's, 
He's scored in five straight games. That's that's the longest streak in the NFL. And he's he's having a good season. But to say he's one of the best receivers in the NFL is is definitely an overstep. He's 13th in yards right now. He's fourth in touchdowns, fourth in yards per catch. He's having a really good season. He's he's breaking out, you could say. He's on his way. But I, I think the real tell will be next year. That'll be year three. Uh, traditionally, that's when, if a receiver is going to be elite, they, that's when they take that step. But to say someone who's yet to catch their 10th career touchdown pass is one of the best receivers in the NFL. That's uh, that's definitely stepping out of the limb a little bit too far. So before Blake goes, <laughs> Rose Robbie Anderson All a little right. bit more. When I say t- t- I think he's been one of the best receivers in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. First off, I don't know if he's going to be the best in the NFL. I think he's going to be a great deep threat. I think he can model after a John Jackson type, something like that. I mean, the man ran a 4-3-4 in the pro day. Yeah. Pro day. Hey, I love Robbie Anderson. I've done a lot of research on him. I see all these looks that I'm getting every day. <laughs> so, Robbie Anderson, have you have you watched his catches and everything, what he's been doing? His touchdown catches are hard catches. He's making some really good ones. He's made Josh McCown look good in a lot of situations, a lot of NFL receivers. And I'm going to come to his support because he's on the Jets and everybody has a stigma with the Jets. <laughs> yeah. They suck. I get it. Well, when he came in, he, was the number, he wasn't the number one guy, so they had a new law and stuff like that. They went out and got cursed. And then Robbie Anderson was kind of an afterthought. Nobody was talking about him. And, hey, look, he's done great this season. He's With his opportunities, he's been very good. Now, I am overstating a little bit when I say he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think he has that potential. I think his frame's a little small for it. He's only 190 pounds, but he's six foot two, so he has some room to grow and everything. He's still a very young receiver, and I just love what I've seen out of this season. And I just want to give him some love. Yeah, no, and I, I'm not going to say that he hasn't been great this year. You know, it's his second year in the league, and he's really, you know, he's done a great job for the Jets, who are, you know, last year he had Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, uh, Quincy Anunua, like you, you lose all three of those guys, you're gonna need someone to, you know, spark something. So you said that you thought he's making McCown look good. In my opinion, I think McCown is making him look good. You know, I've been a big fan of Josh McCown this year. He's got 68 completion percentage, uh, 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. In the fourth quarter, I hate Josh McCown. He 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 really struggles in the fourth quarter, and when the game is on the line, you saw in Miami the beginning of the year. First play on a game-winning drive, he throws an interception, Miami ends up winning. But I, I just think that McCown has looked really good in this Jets offense, and, you know, it's, it's a bad offense. I don't like the offensive scheme, and I think McCown has been, the like, the only good thing about the offense, and doing so has made his number one target, Robbie Anderson, look better because of it. I like Robbie Anderson. He's young. He's fast, like you said. That's, that's unbelievable speed. I just think that, you know, he's really... Um, a beneficiary from McCown having a good year. Well, I'm going to assume we're just going to agree to disagree. Yeah. I think, I think Robbie Anderson, I think they've helped each other, definitely. I mean, I just I watch him every week, and I've watched a lot more Jets games than I ever have in my life this year. And just watching Robbie Anderson, some of the touchdown catches he's made, I think very few receive. Like, he has the talent, I think. He has great hands. He's catching balls in traffic, which is really impressive that someone that's 190 pounds and six foot two to go up and get to, uh, the ball like he has. So, I'm excited about his career. We'll see what he does in his future. Maybe he will just be a role player. Maybe it was a one-time thing, but I'm a big fan of Robbie Anderson. Also, just quick shout-out to Josh McCown. 38 years old, and he is by far having the best season of his entire career. He's never thrown before this year above, you know, um, above 2,500 yards. 
He did it once in Arizona when he was 25, but, you know, the, unbelievable. Like, he's 38 years old, and he's turning out yeah. one of the best seasons. I'm going to let Eli talk in one second, but I wanted to say, like, I saw somebody talk about this today. It was a picture of, like, a Jets fan just looking crushed at the last game because of what happened in the fourth quarter. And it's like, the Jets came into the season no expectations, mm-hmm. but still they somehow find a way to completely disappoint their fans. Exactly. <laughs> they, they're like, oh, we're right there. We should win this game. They should win these games. It happens, yeah. It happened with the Patriots every week. so often. It's, they're so close to winning the game, and it's just taken from them, and it just crushes the Jets nation. And I'm sorry, guys, but, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> at least you're doing better than what you expect. Yeah. Now, I, I just wanted to say uh, – a little kudos on the uh, picking up on the Josh McCown thing, Blake, because he really is—he's a fun quarterback to right? watch. I mean, if I, I don't know if I want him on my favorite team because <laughs> it's a little bit of like a, a heart attack. You wouldn't want him on the Patriots? Mix. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> but, but man, he's—he's he's tough. He hangs in the pocket for as long as you want, and he puts the ball in the air. Uh, I mean, Josh Gordon that that year when he was on the Browns and and mm-hmm. went crazy. It was because Josh McCown would just chuck it up to him whenever, and he's doing the same thing with uh, with Robbie Anderson this year. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, yeah. and while he may not be a, a cornerstone franchise guy, I I think he's responsible for some of the uh, some of the crazier plays because oh, yeah. other quarterbacks would look at that and be like, no way, but he's he's airing just it out. That. He knows his career is coming to an end, so <laughs> he's going out. Like the Todd Bowles. Offense is perfect for old quarterbacks that didn't really do much in their career. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a career <laughs> year. Great. I mean, it's amazing. I don't know. Maybe uh, Todd Bowles is a quarterback whisperer for veterans. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> All right, but that's enough Jets talk, I'll be honest. Let's oh, talk yeah. about another Northern team. I mean, this is probably my least favorite section, but people have not been talking about the Patriots enough. Are they actually the Super Bowl favorites, and we just want to take a blind eye to them because what they did in the beginning of the year? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Eli first because I know he's a Patriots fan and everything. You, you tell me. There's, there's nothing to say about the Patriots that hasn't been said before, and I, I think that's why people aren't talking about them so much. Because at a point, it's like another year, another awesome Patriots team. It's it's hard to be a fan of. No, but oh y'all stop it. <laughs> but but for real, when when you look at this team, Brady's putting up career numbers. He's he's thrown the most touchdowns already in a single season for anyone age forty or over. I mean. Brady is a is a once in a lifetime experience to just to watch him. He's 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 like LeBron. You know, you've got to appreciate his mm-hmm. greatness while it's there. You can love him or hate him, but just take the time, sit down, and enjoy because he won't be around forever. Even I'll admit, it will come to a close one day. But for now, I mean, it's it's just another year. Ho hum. They're they're probably going to end up somewhere in the the thirteen and three, twelve and four range at the worst. I mean, they they could end up fourteen and two. They've just been ripping off wins here, but. There's, there's not much you can say. I mean, at the, at the beginning of the year, there was concerns with the secondary, but that's tightened up, and I think they're locked in. The, the road to the Super Bowl will more than likely run through them, and it's going to be a good one. <sighs> yeah, I, I think that it's, it's – they've just been so good for so long that every media outlet, every major media outlet just knows that they're going to lose interest if you come out every day and are like, the Patriots are the best team in the NFL. They're going to be like, well, duh. So that's why everyone has been really praising the Eagles. And I have too. I think the Eagles are the second best team in the NFL. But a lot of people have them at number one. Can anyone honestly tell me that in an Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, you're going to take Carson Wentz and that young roster that hasn't spent much time together over Bill Belichick, Tom no. Brady, and the Patriots? No, there's no way. So, so how can you – like, I, I don't – like, I understand – saying that the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, the best record. They got, you know, the hot, young uh, MVP candidate. 
but but it's the Patriots. It's Tom Brady. It's the greatest coach of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time. Their defense is so banged up, but they're still so good. You know, the offensive weapons are there. It's it's they're getting all their running backs going now. Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, the past few weeks. You know, I there hasn't been enough talk about it, but it's just to gain more interest in the NFL, and I think it's just a bunch of propaganda. I'm going go. I mean, Coach Aiken admitted the Patriots were my clear number one still. Yeah. I still think they're the best team in the NFL overall, and I wouldn't take any team to be a favorite to beat them in any situation, no. especially in the playoffs. And in my mind, I know that a lot of people think the Eagles are their biggest competition. I think the biggest competition still lies in the AFC. I think the Steelers, mm. and well, I'll go a wild card pick. My dad likes to remind me of this every time. The Baltimore Ravens somehow have the, the Patriots number a little bit when it comes to playoff games. That's true. They put up some really good games when you shouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. They beat the Patriots before they get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna say I think their biggest competition is the AFC. I don't think that any team really matches up when it comes down to it. I mean, Brady's been. So good this year, and nobody, I mean, everybody expects it now. I don't even want to talk about it. And Gronk's <laughs> great, too. He's, he's healthy. If he's healthy, that's great. 702 yards, 7 TDs, whatever, whatever. They everybody don't even knows need it. him. But look at the defense, man. Ever since week three or whatever, week four, whenever they were giving up all those points, since the Buccaneers game, 14, 17, 7, 13, 16, 8, and 17. That's how much opponents have put up against them. Not a single 20-point game. How did they flip the switch so quickly and become a defense that's not giving up 20 points a game ever? Because they do this every year. You know, every year they start off a little slow. There are questions, you know. Does he not have enough talent on the defense? Is Tom Brady old? It, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. He is the best at adapting to the NFL. He is months ahead of any other NFL head coach. The offseason for him starts, the, you know, months before even this year's Super Bowl. He's already thinking ahead to next year, and he's already developing. He is so good at just flipping the script after a few weeks and turning his team back into title contenders. And at this point, you know, we can't even be surprised about it. He's just done it so many times. Start off a little slow, gain a little momentum, and next thing you know, they're in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, you can never count them out, even when they start off slow. The Patriots just have a tendency to make players boring to me. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they do. Brandon Cooks is having a great year. 869 yards, 5 touchdowns, 51 receptions. That's really good production out of mm-hmm. a receiver. But he used to be one of the most exciting players in the NFL to me and the Saints and everything. I'm no longer interested in Brandon Cooks. <laughs> because it's like he's 100 yards open now because Belichick somehow gets him to the point where, yeah, you're not going to get him anywhere. It used to be fun to watch Brandon Cooks just burn everybody. Now he just has to burn one guy that shouldn't even be matched up against him in the first place mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just... I don't know. And they have Danny Amendola still doing his job. Chris Hogan was having a career year before he went out. It's yeah. like they have so many weapons, and it just doesn't matter who goes down as long as it's not Brady. Yeah. They're going to be in the Super Bowl probably. Bel- Belichick's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. He, exactly. He's good enough to the point where he can honestly react to whatever else someone's going to throw at him, and his reaction is better than their original plan. Uh, with Belichick, with Brady, they're rotating supporting cast. It's... It's always fun to watch. It's it's going to be good. Yeah, you know another Super Bowl match that would be pretty cool with the Patriots? I thought the Saints being the Patriots, that would be pretty cool with Breeze versus Brady, Peyton versus Belichick. Oh, yeah. That would be a pretty cool one. They're two good teams. That could possibly happen. Oh, so, definitely. You don't know. So What what would have to happen for the Steelers to beat the Patriots? What would have to happen? Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown both play up to their potential, and Ben Roethlisberger doesn't screw it up while the defense plays okay. <laughs> I... I still don't even think that the the Steelers are the biggest threat to them. I think that the way to beat the Patriots, and I said this a couple weeks on here, is you need an elite defense. Like with when when Peyton Manning was getting to the Super Bowl, he had you know an elite 
defense that was just putting pressure on Brady every snap of the game because you put pressure on Brady, that seems to be Bill Belichick's biggest fall through. You need an average quarterback and the, one of the greatest defenses of all time. And those don't come around that often. I swear on it. If, if, the, if the Jaguars had a mediocre quarterback in their locker room and under center, I think they have the they would have the best shot at beating uh, Belichick and the uh, and the Patriots. So, sorry. So, so basically, you're saying like what the Ravens have done. That's why they're so exactly with a mediocre quarterback like Joe Flacco oh, and an all time elite defense with pass rushers. But you know that offense is one of the worst in the league right now. Mm-hmm. You know all of all of Joe Flacco's statistics on passes 15 yards or longer, worst in the NFL. Running their offense is just so bad. I wouldn't even call it mediocre you know what's anymore. Kind of hilarious but yeah. about it though. It's just Justin Tucker is such a weapon for the right. Ravens. Yeah. It's amazing. All they have to get was in within sixty yards yeah. for no, him to kick right. a field goal, and he'll make probably he can make five five fifty yarders in the game, yeah. and that's all you need almost sometimes if you have that defense that's pressuring. Maybe exactly. one touchdown in five Justin Tucker field goals. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me throw out a, uh, a a really cool prediction. If this were to happen, it'd have to be next year, unfortunately. Yeah. But let's say. Eli Manning does go to the Jaguars. A Manning Brady Super Bowl. Oh, and Eli Manning went out like that. That would be. If Eli Manning beat him again, oh, that'd be hilarious. I, anyone. I I think you look at the free agent market. If a quarterback went to Jacksonville, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is a league average quarterback. Eli Manning is a game managing quarterback, not going to turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins. Mm. I don't know how much cap room they have. Kirk Cousins went to Jacksonville. That mm. with Allen Robinson back next year, that team would be in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. You know, look at this past offseason, uh, the past uh, year's playoffs. I thought the most interesting game was when the uh, when the Texans played the Patriots. Because, you know, Jadavion Clowney got so much pressure on Brady that, you know, he was rattled around a little. And, you know, they, they developed throughout the game and ended up winning. But that's just, right. you know, a lot due with Houston having a terrible offense at the time. But that's the key to beating him. And, you know, if the Jags can get there with an average quarterback, that's going to be amazing to watch. Well, I think that's enough Patriot talk for one day or yeah. another time or whatever. <laughs> so, let's go on to the next team. <laughs> go from the Patriots to the Browns. The Browns are currently on pace to go 0-16 as they haven't had a win. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people are thinking they're going to reach that mark. A lot of people are calling them the worst team in the NFL. I mean, are either those statements true? Or they, are they going to go 0-16? Or are they the worst team in the NFL? Blake? Yeah. They're gonna go 0 and 16. <laughs> yeah, if you look at this guy, I'm sorry, I didn't mention it. They're gonna play at the Chargers, which I'm I'm gonna hope that the Chargers. Yeah. Can, I mean, you remember last year, the Chargers, the team that the Browns beat last year, to That's true. snap it. Oh. That's hilarious. <laughs> that would be the most Charger s thing ever. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would be terrible. Oh. Like crushing. Don't. Okay, then they play the Packers at home. Up. Which could be their mo- the biggest chance. That's going. the best shot they no, have. No, they don't. They have another game. But, right. The. Mm. The Ravens, I think that's now at the Bears. They could beat the Bears, maybe. No, the the Bears like, defense would uh, rattle Deshaun Kaiser the entire like if if they win, you know, six to three, possibly because you know Mitch Trubisky and that offense is great game either. Oh, that game is well, that'll be our toilet yeah. bowl pick that that's week what I'm for saying, sure. Yeah. And the Steelers as well. And the Steelers, it's the last game of the season. They have a tendency not to even care anyway against the Browns. Apparently, they barely so beat the Browns that's week what I'm one. Saying. You never know. <sighs> But it really looks like the Browns are going over yeah. this season, yeah. I'll be honest. I think the best shot is against the Packers. They'll be at home. Brett Hundley, you know, he looked great against the Steelers. He but did. I think the Steelers played down a lot better. to them. The Steelers tend to play down to their opponents a lot when they're worse. Um, you know, I think they're the worst team. Um, 
in the NFL, I would, yeah, I, the 49ers, I still like their players. I like um, I like Carlos Hyde. Jimmy Garoppolo's there now. We'll see what that's going to be like the next few weeks. I really think they're going to go in 16, and I do think that they're deservingly the worst team in the NFL. Oh, no, they're definitely the worst. I, the Packers and Bears were the two that I had written down yeah. with probably a little bit leaning towards the Bears just after our going off of this week's uh, oh. Packers game where, where Hundley did look like he could do something. Mm-hmm. They, they played the Packers before Aaron Rodgers was able to come back, so so that may be their shot as well, but I, it's just dismal. It's sad that year after year we're, we're talking about them in this context, and mm-hmm. and you really hope at, at this point with so much consistency being so bad for so long, it's something with the front office, it's something with the way things are done in Cleveland, and... I don't know when it's going to turn around. Like, what's it going to take to get them out of this? I got one question for y'all. If AJ McCarron was the court, current quarterback of the Browns, do you think they win a game? Ooh, maybe. I think they I could think they win beat a game. the Bears. Oh, uh, yeah, I think they could beat the Bears with AJ McCarron. Josh Gordon too. Yeah, Josh know. Gordon and Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman back. Talented. Yeah, you know that offense oh maybe i would take them over the packers instead i yeah. still like the bears yeah. secondary i mean that was just a quick question that's, that's interesting that is kind of interesting when you mean we all know about the debacle and, and everything, you think so. about that that could save jobs if they if they didn't screw up that trade and if they got aj mccarron maybe you know, they win two three maybe games. they yeah maybe even <laughs> one i think yeah. if, you know if they win one game you know their jobs should be one or two wins their jobs should be at less of a risk than if they went you know without a win all year I mean, I, this I'm, I'm literally com- this is off the top of my head. Yeah. I, the Browns only won one game last year. They won two. Ooh. Uh, let me make sure. Uh, let me look that up real quick. One or I two. I think they won. I thought they. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing special or anything. What they we went one and fifteen. They won fifteen. So Johnny Manziel still has like more quarterback wins for the Browns than any Ooh. quarterback over the past two years, right? Yeah. So he still has he had that yeah, one win. I know. I'm not. I'm not going to go into Manziel, but like that's just something interesting. I, there's so many funny facts about the Browns. It's almost sad. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say the thing that looks good about the Browns was that run defense looked pretty good for a while, and then Joe Mixon went out and absolutely made him look like a fool. Torn. And I've said for weeks, I think Joe Mixon is a great running back. Mm. I think he has tremendous talent, and I think it's going to shine through at some point. Of course, it had to be against the Browns. <laughs> yeah, right. But he's but they, they've been a stout running defense all this year, and Mixon mm-hmm. looked look, made him look foolish. It wasn't like easy runs or anything. He looked good. So that's all I want to say. That I was gonna maybe pick the 49ers in the beginning of the season as the least talented roster, as one of the worst team. But they went out and got Garoppolo. They got a legitimate starting quarterback who mm-hmm. I think is gonna mm-hmm. go great. And I told Blake before this, I think he's gonna throw three touchdown passes and over 250 yards this week against the Bears. That's pretty bold. But I'm a huge supporter of Garoppolo, and I think he makes that team. Him alone makes this team better than uh, the Browns. <laughs> but so. listen, listen. How many quarterbacks with Jimmy G like potential have been thrown into the fire? Coming like like Kaiser this year. Not Jimmy G like. No, no, but, yeah. but, but, no, no. But listen, hear me out. Hear, hear me out. What I'm saying is, the Browns just draft quarterbacks and throw them in there and hope for the best. And there's just they've derailed career after career after career. Take. Take Tyrod, for instance. He went and sat and was a backup for years at for the, the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, at the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Right? Some quarterbacks just need that time to learn, that time to grow and gain some presence. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Most talented. Right. right. Most talented okay. quarterback of all time. Sat under behind Favre. You make a great point. Uh, the, the Browns, that is one of the most dismal organizations in all of sports. And the way they do things, there's just there's no way. 
it doesn't. It doesn't always work that way because you look at there has been a, a good amount of successful quarterbacks that go right in and start. I mean, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck. I mean, there's quarterbacks that come in and should be that way. The Browns can't expect to have that every time. Those guys are usually guys that everybody knows that they're already playing at another level before they enter the NFL. And they passed on two of them. They, they passed did. on Carson Wentz and they passed on Deshaun Watson. They did. You know, if I'm the Browns this offseason, I'm not drafting a quarterback. I'm throwing all my money at Tyrod Taylor. Truly, I, mean, I, I think that you could build a really nice really? A, a really nice offense around Taylor, Isaiah Crowell, if Josh Gordon can say that, Corey Coleman, and uh, who's the tight end that they got? They took... Um, uh, I can't say his name, but... Uh, Wamba, uh, oh, um, what's his name? name I forget his yeah. name, yeah. Browns tight See, we're looking up a lot. Google is helping us out today. Google's be being a good friend. It's Google being a good, sponsor. It's being a good friend. <laughs> there we go. Oh, David Njoku. Yeah, David Njoku. Like, you know, those are, like, I think that Tyrod... They keep dropping quarterbacks, and they keep or they keep passing on quarterbacks that, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to work. Tyrod Taylor has proven to me, at least, he hasn't proven to the Bills, apparently, that he can be a starting quarterback. And I think, you know, you've got someone that's decently young, he's got legs, he's got an arm, throw a bunch of money at him, see if he'll be a Brown. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe go for an even better one. Maybe go for Kirk or something like that. I mean, you know, I think, that'd be really hard for Kirk to want to go to the Browns. Yeah, I, any legitimate starting quarterback doesn't really want to go to the Browns. I think the comparison is is that I think every team is going to throw all the money at Kirk. Kirk. I don't know if anyone will throw a boatload at Tyrod. I think teams will offer him decent contracts, but I think the Browns would be that one team that's like, we yeah. need a guy. Let's throw all of our money. It kind of makes him. me sad. I don't want to see Tyrod Taylor's career right? go down. Exactly. Right. Well, when you look at it. The, the Jaguars were dismal for years and years and years. Just so bad. And and they've turned it around by getting that defense together. And mm-hmm. Cleveland started that. They drafted Miles Garrett. They're, they're, they want that. But I, I think in order for them to really ultimately turn around, they need a lot of game changers on that side of the ball. And bringing in Tyrod would definitely help the offense. And if they focus on the defense, I mean – you say all this and then they just find ways to mess it up. Oh, yeah. It's, it never comes to fruition. It's funny, too. I want to say, so Deshaun Kaiser was picked apart by scouts. He was fundamentally flawed. There's a lot of flaws in Deshaun Kaiser. Everybody said he had the potential to one day be a good quarterback or something like that if he developed everything. And the Browns were like, no, screw it. We're throwing him in week one. That's exactly. what we're going to do instead. Maybe, I mean, Cody Kessler, was he was a game manager. You know, the thing about that, Cody Kessler was a game manager. Yeah. And he was kind of what the Browns needed. Somebody that was at least mature enough not to turn the ball over and didn't need so much developing because his ceiling wasn't as high. So it was kind of like, this is kind of where he's going to be in his career, so maybe just ride the boat until you can get a good quarterback with Cody Kessler or something. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to go waste a second-round pick on Deshaun Kaiser and not even try to develop him and ruin his career. I mean, yeah. how do you come back from five TDs, four interceptions, 57.2 QBR, only 823 yards and 10 starts? Like, I don't know if he can ever come back from that type of disappointment in his first season. It made him no. look terrible. It's made him look... No, horrific. He's and it, maybe he's, yeah. He's not the future of that. No, he's not. He's not the future anymore. No. Maybe he could have had a shot if they developed him enough. I don't think so because I'm a Notre Dame fan and I, I never liked him in college. I was never a fan of Sean Kaiser. But they went and ruined him. So I mean, they did the Browns what the Browns do, and they yeah. took everybody down with them. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's enough for our topics this week. We'll go on to our game picks. So last week, me and Blake both went three and two. Bringing our total records to me being thirteen and twelve, and Blake being 
17 and 8. Oh, so nice. yeah, that's good. That yeah. is better that's than 13 good. and 12. You know, some people just have huh. things called huh. beginner's luck, and that I think that beginning when you got like 5 and 0 and like 4 and 1 the first two weeks or whatever kind of threw the thing off spectrum, but whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about it anymore. We'll go on to this week's games. There's a lot of good games in the NFL this week, there really are. There's also a crap game, which we always like to pick, but I'll start with the first one Vikings versus the Falcons. Huge game in the NFC. Could be wild card implications. Could be division leader implications. Uh, let's start with you, Eli. Who do you got? Uh, I'm taking the Falcons. Taking the Falcons. <clears throat> that uh, that offense. Uh, Devontae Freeman's coming back this week. Julio Jones just went off. Tevin Coleman's developing. You have Matt Ryan. I mean, all the pieces are there. There's there's hasn't been some huge change in personnel coming from the team that just dominated the league last season. And I I think they have what it takes in a game by game basis. If they get hot, generally speaking, they're going to win. And I would definitely definitely put my money on that. Yeah, they've definitely been getting hotter the past few weeks. And, you know, Devontae Freeman coming back is going to be a nice addition to have again. I'm still going to stick with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a top-five team in the league. Um, you know, they they look great on Thanksgiving. They've looked great all year. Case Keenum has looked great. And, you know, they're, they're developing. You know, like, at first it was Jarek McKinnon that was replacing Dalvin Cook. But now Latavius Murray has come alive. And then, you know, the past two weeks, Kyle Rudolph has come alive. That defense is unreal. I think Everson Griffin, Griffin is, you know, a top three candidate for defensive player of the year. He's having a monster season. And, I, you know, I still don't like the Fal- uh, the Falcons' play calling. It's getting a little bit better. They're on a hot streak. But uh, I think the Vikings' defense will uh, will match up well against them. Oh, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I wasn't ever sold on the Vikings for a long time. I really wasn't. I thought, I mean, last year you saw that hot start they came out to, and then they fell apart down the stretch. Casey Keenum has been so good. I mean, he really has been good. I mean, watching his games, he's been smart with the ball. He's made plays with his feet. He's done a lot of good things. Adam Thielen has been one of the best receivers in the NFL, definitively, not Robbie Anderson. We're talking about <laughs> a definitive best receiver, a legitimate breakout. Yes. Already has over 1,000 yards. Love what he's done. Stephon Diggs is very, very talented. Uh, their defense is great as always. And the thing is, Xavier Rhodes versus Julio Jones, that's going to be a really big matchup. Xavier Rhodes nice. is one of the least talked about cornerbacks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think he's so good. You saw what he did to Odell before. He's done. He's shut down a lot of big-name receivers. It's going to be a very interesting matchup, so I'm going to have to go with the Vikings for this mm-hmm. one. All right, next game, uh, our Toilet Bowl game of the week. Love it. 49ers versus the Bears. Jimmy G's first start. We'll start with you first, Blake. Jimmy G is going to get his first career win. You know, um... I know I was just talking a lot about the Bears, uh, the Bears defense, and how I'm a big fan of them. Maybe I'm just picking this out because I want to see, you know, Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan get off to a hot start together. But I really think that he adds something to their offense that, um, that you know, C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer at the beginning of the year couldn't. Um, and you know, I like the defensive playmakers. They got some young guys. DeForest Buckner, I really like. I really like. Um, Ruben Foster, you know, they got some young guys, and I, I think this is a good first stepping stone. They're going to be faced with a tough defense in Chicago, but I think Chicago's offense will be worse off than San Fran's. Eli? As, uh, as long as John Fox is there, I, I think Mitchell Trubisky is really being held back. That's mm. that's just the way I look at it. He He's one of those candidates that maybe a little bit more time learning and development could have served him well. But at this point in the year, you've got Jimmy G coming in. You know, he's already the polished product. And it's certainly the easy pick to make, but that, that's definitely the one I'm going to have to go with. I, I think, like you said, he and Kyle Shanahan get off to that hot start. They they get the offense rolling really quick. And, and really, the Bears don't have 
dynamic playmakers to, to keep up in a high-scoring affair. And I, I think this one's out of hand faster than, than most would think. Well, I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. I, I've said every week since the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Garoppolo. I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to have a great game. I think he throws for a couple touchdown passes. I mean, I wish Pierre Garçon was still in San Francisco. I think he'd be a great mm. uh, wide receiver for him to lean on early on. I mean, Mark Quise Goodwin has actually stepped up decently for the 49ers past couple weeks, making a couple big plays. He's had over 60 yards uh, in each of his past three games. So the 49ers have a couple weapons for him there. Uh, still have Carlos Hyde that they can run the ball with. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo just opens up so much for the offense. I think he's a great quarterback, and I think it starts this week. What was your prediction again for him? I said seven? over 250 yards and three touchdowns. Nice. That's my prediction. We'll see what happens. He'll probably throw for 100 yards and five interceptions. Huh. We don't know. <laughs> Nathan we'll Peterman. Yep, and they completely made me hate my words. That'd be embarrassing because I've talked to Jimmy G up for a long time. All right, on to the next game. So Lions versus the Ravens. Both teams up and down. Both teams, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them uh, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I'm going to go with you again, Eli. Who do you think? I'm going Lions. They, uh... Again, they have that dynamic offense, and at this point in the year, that's really what I'm leaning towards. These teams are hungry. They want that playoff berth, and when it really comes down to it, you got to score these points to win. And Matt Stafford gets his receivers going early on. Both teams don't have that consistent of a run game, so when you start just putting it in the air throughout the game, I I would just lean on the Lions' weapons, and, and I would definitely bet there more so than, than counting on Flacco to get it going. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go with the Ravens this week. I think their defense is starting to play again up to their potential. Stafford, I don't know what's gonna go with his ankle injury and everything. He was hobbled on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have the greatest game again on Thanksgiving. He missed a lot of throws and everything. And this team rides Stafford. Stafford plays well, they have a shot. Stafford plays bad, they don't really have a shot because the defense is nothing special. They they have some talent on offense, but it all rides around uh, Stafford. There's no real run game there. So I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Lions on this. Um, it's it's the Lions' second tough week against you know a really good defense. They struggled early on against Minnesota last week, but then kind of found their groove with the way. And and I I take Minnesota's defense over uh, Baltimore's honestly. So I, I think the Lions get it going. I think Matt Stafford is, you know, as much talk as there is, and he is the highest paid quarterback. I feel like there's still not enough recognition for how amazing of a quarterback he is. You know, I think he's. You know, he's a top – I think he's honestly top four, top five in the league. Really? Like, I, I'm I'm super high on Matt Stafford. He's done basically what – to a lesser degree of what Aaron Rodgers has done in Green Bay. Taking a team with, you know, a not great defense, terrible running game, and, you know, besides having, you know, Calvin Johnson for those few years, you know, hasn't really had amazing receivers elsewhere. So I think he carries that team a lot, and, you know, a lot of the wins are credited to him. Um, I like the – and like you were saying, like – if I'm if it if we gotta pass the ball in the fourth quarter, Joe Flacco has looked really bad this year. They still don't have great receivers. I'm not a fan of you know Benjamin Watson's been all right tight end for them, but um, I like the offensive weapons that are around Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford himself more than I do the the Ravens offense. It's kind of funny you say that just because it's it's like uh, Matt Stafford's like a poor man's Aaron Rodgers almost. Right? There's nothing wrong with that because no. Aaron Rodgers no. is the best like generational talent. And take a step down from him is nothing to be embarrassed about. But it's like the Lions are a poor man's Packers. I mean, exactly, historic yeah. teams where the Packers <laughs> have a history of winning and the Lions just don't. Yeah. So it's, it's funny to make those two comparisons. I'm still going to stick with the Ravens on that one. But we'll go on to our next game. So the Eagles versus Seahawks could be a huge game. Seahawks playing at home. 
It's one of the first real, real big tests for the Eagles, I think, even though the Seahawks are missing a bunch of players and Russell Wilson has been the offense for the Seahawks. Who do you got, Blake? Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles, and I think it, it won't even be that tough. I'm not scared of the, the Seattle defense anymore. Uh, you know, they just, you know, last week they played against San Francisco. I'm not going to give them much credit for winning that game there. But, uh, but you know, they're just so banged up. They, they recently lost, uh, was it Cam? Chancellor, yeah. Yeah, they Cam lost Chancellor. Cam Chancellor for the rest of the season. They already are missing Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. The, you know, they cut Dwight Freeney. He was a good depth guy for them for a few weeks, I thought. Um, they just don't have enough guys on the defense that I'm like, wow, that's that's going to be a struggle for Carson Wentz. Yes, going to Seattle always seems to be tough. The 12th man is real there. Um, I just don't think there are enough you know, game changers on the defensive side of the ball to slow down one of the hottest offenses right now. You know, I think it's funny you say that, and definitely Cam Chancellor being gone, Richard Sherman being gone. You still look at names like Bobby Wagner that's still there. Michael Bennett mm-hmm. is still there. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Richardson. I mean – look at these players, and they're more difference makers than a lot of teams have in their defense. The problem with the Seahawks, in my opinion, is the running backs. The running backs, I mean, like, they just, they have no running game. Every time they seem to get a running back, someone just fails for them. So it's, it's and I just think the Eagles are going to beat them, and I think it's more of the Seahawks being injured and no running game that's going to lead to that. Uh, I really, if the Seahawks had the full lesion of Boone, if they were locked and loaded, I would probably swing that way. Interestingly enough, I, I do think it's going to be run-dominated early on. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt's had a lot of carries. Uh, Jay Ajahi as well is there. And they really haven't even involved him yet. But going to Seattle, I see Philadelphia just taking it slow early on, letting Wentz just get settled in. Yeah. And then when it comes time to run some play action and put it over the top, there's nobody there really. I mean, Earl Thomas is, I mean, the best safety in the league. But there's nothing else scary. And I, I think the Eagles have enough. I, th- I think they'll be well-prepared, and I think they'll get the job done. Yeah, and they have one of the best run defenses, so that's already you know getting rid of any potential that the Seahawks running game has, even besides though it has Russell none Wilson. to start with. Yeah, besides right. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And their secondary is slowly improving, and I think they're getting a lot better there too. So, you know, it's it's going to be tough for Seattle. You know, I got Philadelphia in that. Yeah, me as well. All right, on to our last game of the week. Um, we the Panthers versus the Saints, and this is a huge divisional matchup. Both teams looking to win that division. Both teams have uh, eight wins or more. So uh, I'm going to go with you, Eli. Who do you think? This one also was tough, but uh, I would have to go with the Saints at the end of the day. The the Panthers won ugly last week. They really the, – the Jets outplayed them. You know, Robbie Anderson had that great game. But Cam just wasn't clicking, and, and sometimes he is, sometimes he's not. There's, there's not enough there that when he's not clicking, they can just immediately pull through regardless. They, um, the Jets really gifted them the win last week, and I don't see Drew Brees doing that. Uh, when he gets on the field, when he gets in his element, there's, there's little you can do. And this is so important. This game is so important. They know mm-hmm. it. Um, all the, the veterans there in New Orleans, Sean Payton, he's going he's gonna to have them very well prepared that this game is really, if they win this, they're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. And I would just have to take the uh, the Saints and what they bring to the table. Yeah, I think I, I'm gonna, you know, play devil's advocate here. I'm gonna take the uh, the Panthers winning this. They played down to the Jets last week, and that was a tough game. You know, you get Greg Olson back. Next thing you know, he goes down pretty quick. But I also think the Jets are one of the better teams with a losing record in all of the NFL right now. That defense is really good, and you know they've got offensive weapons. You know, we talked Rob Anderson, Josh McCown earlier. They got some guys there. Um, 
I learned I was I was huge on New Orleans um, the past few weeks, and I picked them to beat the Rams. But one thing I really noticed that they really struggled with is missing their two starting quarterbacks. You know, Marshawn Lattimore was out, and uh, I forget who was starting on the other side, but he was also out. And you know, Jared Goff exposed their secondary, and you know, their secondary did not look that great. And yes, Carolina doesn't have the best receivers, but you know. Cam Newton can do a good job of getting them the ball there. And, you know, mobile quarterbacks, you know, have been a little fall point for the Saints this year. So, you know, a division game, it's tough. The last time they played, New Orleans blew out Carolina in Carolina. I think Carolina is going to look to avenge that, and I think they're going to pull out the win. So, me personally, I think the Saints are just a better team. I talked Mm -hmm. about this earlier. I don't really think the Carolina Panthers are that great. I don't think they're as great as their record says. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think that Drew Brees can expose them a little bit. They do have a good defense. I'm going to give Carolina credit. They have a good defense with Luke Keefley still there and all that good stuff. But I, I just – the combination of the run game and having just Drew Brees in general, it's just such a good uh, matchup. And the way the defense is playing this year, I hope Lattimore's back. I know he was out last week, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think the Saints take this one, obviously. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up for this week, guys. Um, thanks to Eli for joining us. Mm-hmm. And, um Absolutely. Yep, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care.